<laughs> I'm the worst at um, I I I, can't, I haven't quite figured out how to do the intro yet, which is awful because I'm I'm like over 120 episodes in, and I always fuck the intro up. So that's kind of become a thing. It's like how can I just fuck it up this this episode? So that's with that, cool. that's a funny thing to. Uh, it's kind of cool, I guess you know. It's almost become like a, a like its own thing, like a shtick in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my little fucking hokey shtick here. Um, <laughs> that said, this mother episode number, this mother podcast uh, episode number one hundred and twenty-five. We have uh, a dope guest today. I'm super excited that he agreed to jump on this. Um, I first heard about our guest Rudy Deanda um, about two years ago, I think. 2019 now um i think like kind of a, a dude that i've met in the san jose area suave radio on instagram javier he's a filmmaker i think he kind of linked up with you somehow and like shot a little video for you and i saw that he posted it and i was like oh, that's pretty dope and then um the sonido clash music festival in 2019 which was yeah september 2019 um i went to that and you were playing in a food truck right <laughs> uh, uh, no it no, looked it like a food truck yeah i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna knock you it looked looked like something like that but it was basically this a company like this uh you know like a av company who figured out a way to put like a whole stage on the back of like a truck where like the platform just like folded out and okay. like it was like a built-in stage to like a back of a truck um, like you know like those beds that pop out of a wall like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah <laughs> it felt like that a little bit so yeah it i mean that's what it's it was it was hey, a, a fun, it, it was definitely a funny awkward stage like i was i mean two years later you know i'm still cool with all that crew and thankful that they booked me but i mean it's not a big deal anymore but I did feel like that night, like, man, like it would have been cool to play on that other nicer, bigger main stage. But I was it just gave me that much more motivation to, like, try to make it a crazy set. You know, I'm like, no, All right. I, I think it was a dope set. I think like the energy like on your in that little space was like, a lot more tight. And so it felt like it felt like just a little more intimate than the big stage, it, the, the other area on the other side of the, what was it that, the Makla or something? The, or the, I forget what that place is called. Yeah, I think it's Makla over in San Jose. Anyway, um, yeah. Was it Makla? Yeah. No, I'm not, I don't think so. Cause I, we did play the Makla too. And that's like a smaller oh. art, art museum. This was more like some sort of like community center, like plaza or something. Yeah, yeah, the San Jose, man, see, I'm a, I'm a bastard. I don't even know what's in my own fucking backyard. Um, anyway, I'm a fucking jerk. Yeah, 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 they did a good job with that fest. Um, but if you haven't heard of, of Rudy Deanda, it's hard to describe your, your music in some fashion because I think, like, you kind of shape, you know, you shift shape in terms of the genres you play in. And what, what I kept, I was trying to think of a way to describe your music if I had to tell somebody, you know, and, and I kept like running into a wall and I was just like, you know what, like, all I could say is that like, it's just really good. Like, I think of it as like, honestly, like quintessential like American music, like it's kind of soul, it's kind of rock and, and it kind of bends genres a little bit. Um, it's a little bit of funk, it's a little bit of jazz um obviously like a lot of people refer to the stuff the play the the space you play in is like a lot of chicano soul sort of vibes you know um but i just think of it as like just dope like american music and and what's cool obviously now is that you know um you and a lot of other artists are mixing um you know spanish into the into the the music my cat's fucking running all over the place here um so you're kind of <laughs> shifting between English and Spanish in the same songs, which is really dope. But I mean, how would how do you like? I'm, I'm sure you get asked this all the time. So forgive the fucking lame question, but how would you describe you know your music to somebody? Well, um, I mean, just from hearing your discourse about it right now, like as far as like having trouble placing it and how, yeah, um, it was just like running into a wall about it, and 
the shape-shifting comment and like uh, all of those things that make me feel like I did my job, you know? Like, <laughs> um, it makes me feel like, uh, yeah, like that's exactly it. It's not supposed to be something or the other. Like, um, and, you know, um, I'll, I'll t you know, I'll raise you another, you know, ace or, you know, card on the, on the okay. American comment. Cause that, I do take that as a compliment. Cause you know, like, as as maybe not so much of my peers or I don't know, like as far as like you could say the the current climate of bands that are around right now, like I definitely like it's I don't think it's subtle, but it might be subtle to some or like I definitely reference a lot of like what I think of Americana bands like, you know, Velvet Underground or Bob Dylan or Perry mm -hmm. Nelson and Beach Boys. Like that's still my bread and butter. Stuff. Yeah. Like, like um you, that I, you know that who, I love you know it. who came you know who came to my mind is uh van morrison the good shit though like astral <laughs> weeks and you know yeah that's a classic record i mean no one can knock van morrison like you know he he did his thing forever he's i think he's still doing his thing so um but yeah i appreciate that you know and um but i'll raise you the card like i said as far as like another inspiration for me is like taking it to the world music scene mm -hmm where i guess in you, you could north america is a part of the world so yeah you know but like um it's just like i eventually want to reach out and um you know i want to live in um barcelona for sure and i also want to like I, I might go to like hopefully you know i'm putting this out in the into the world right now like the energy I, you know but me and mm -hmm. my uh my keyboard player he spent some time in mali uh a few years ago in africa so make a venture over there and like um learn some guitar like that and like he was talking about going to to ghana and stuff like that so that's the kind of stuff that interests me where i would love to go meet musicians over there and potentially and definitely record music over there um that's like kind of like short to long-term goals but so yeah definitely yeah, yeah. You know. no I, I i feel that i I, feel, I see exactly what you're what you're talking about in your music and i you know what i think of like in terms of this kind of space you're operating in and i i'm just i'm awful i think most people want to kind of try to put things in a bucket and i'm not, I'm not trying to do that but i will say that i think the sort of music and kind of um stories and sonic space that you want to play in is uh, oftentimes um, I, I discover uh, other musicians and bands in this space through uh, KEXP. I'm, I'm right. sure you're right. Um, so uh, KEXP got me through the pandemic because I, you know, you couldn't go out to shows, you couldn't do stuff. And so I like every week, like I would watch at least two or three of those shows on KEXP and just drink beer at home. <laughs> like, um, and I felt like I discovered a lot of, of music through KEXP this year. And, and, you know, a lot of it is like the, you know, whether it's, I don't know, I didn't discover Kwangbin through them, but, you know, you hear Kwangbin on there, you hear like kind of these world sounds. There, there's some Iranian artists that I discovered, some Somalian artists, and it was all through that, you know, and it's kind of people who, it's a weird sonic space to play in, but I, I see exactly what you're saying there. Um, do you feel like you've always kind of had that like expansive view or like when you first started as a musician, what were you into and how has that kind of shifted into this, this space? Um, I mean, I'm 32 now, so it's like, it's been like chapters for sure. Like when I was like 12 or 13, I got taken to my first shows, you know, and those were like from, uh, like a emo singer singing guitar songs on acoustic to like anarchist punk shows all like within the that's a big scope to be in but yeah and then yeah. like i met like the thankfully very gratefully met like the the weird kids from the other high schools in long beach and then like i they asked me to join one of their bands and they turned me on to like you know captain beefheart and frank zappa and sonic youth and all yeah. and like all these things like a step away from like you know like because i was i was taking it to like the the basics i'm like let me get in on the david bowies and the led zeppelins and stuff but they kind of like you could say yeah. like develop my taste into the more like avant-garde stuff 
And um, then they, yeah. we started going to DIY shows and playing house shows. And half of the bands were like noise bands, um, yeah. <laughs> playing just like um, making sounds with like guitar pedals and different instruments and contact mics and some random, like you name it. Like I, I've seen people utilize bicycles to make sounds off of them and or like mm -hmm. putting pebbles on a piece of sheet metal and putting reverb and delay on the contact mic. I mean, so I, I was just grateful to be exposed to like all of the weird shit going on in LA and Long Beach, like the art scene, experimental scenes like that, where um, I guess, you know, let's say like when you are being exposed to music, so like, like it's like at, from zero to a hundred, you know, from like growing up on like hip hop and, and all the stuff you grow up as a little kid, you know, but to mm -hmm. be like mm -hmm. zero to a hundred into stuff like that, where like, you kind of like realize there's no rules right at the beginning. So it's almost like, like purposely working against the grain, like um, ju just the, the idea that like you could kind of go anywhere with it. And um, yeah. so that was like the my formative years, you know? And then yeah. once I got a little bit older, um, I think that's when I started to maybe like strip it down and like wanted to just like, you know, got more into T-Rex and like I said, like Velvet Underground and and like, you know, I don't want to tell you the whole life story, but I think I, there was a certain <laughs> point there where it was just really, you know, all about like, you know, I went to some random like Scott Punk shows in South Central and they were all, everything was fun. Like it was fun being in like mosh pits and stuff like that. And like, it's, it's never, I don't think that I'll, I'll ever shed that part of me. Like, I don't, you know, you never do like, or, but, um, not look at nowadays. I just love like Smokey Robinson, you know, like, and you know, like mm -hmm. I listened to Aaliyah and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Leo was playing on the radio when I was a kid, you know, like it's all yeah. like, I don't think there's any rules when it comes to that. And I think that that was also part of growing up in Long Beach in the LA area, like in those scenes where like, yeah, like you don't, no one's make forcing you to pick a side. Like you don't have to just be a punk rocker or just a hip hop kid or something, you know? Yeah. What, what I mean, what, what was it like growing up in Long Beach? I, I, like when I think of Long Beach having, I've only been there a couple of times, but I just always think of it as a very industrial city. You know, you've got like the shipyards. It, it, it feels like, you know, but I don't even know like really what the neighborhoods are like. Like what sort of neighborhood did you grow up in? Um, um, there's definitely yeah. an industrial part of Long Beach and that's where yeah. the part is, but that's it. The rest of it is uh, just a, a town, like a city, you know? Um, yeah like any other uh so there's like you know you got your poor neighborhoods your extremely affluent neighborhoods like uh your more middle class neighborhoods and uh, but yeah. what i like about long beach is like the intersection of all that uh there's a lot of neighborhoods that just kind of go one like are not exactly one or the other and mm -hmm. you know people walk around ride their bikes um, it's a walkable place where, as in LA, like the difference is, you know, like most, you wouldn't, you know, the average person doesn't use public transportation over there. It's like, um, not, it's hard to, you know, but, and it's not the best. The train system's not the best. But yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think growing up in Lobby was just like kind of like ha having a buffet at your disposal, mm. like of different things that can you know literally food but also just your friends of all kinds and yeah yeah uh, people of all kinds so yeah in that sense i was like uh, looking back on it i'm it, it, i'm grateful to you know be, have been in a you know an area like that as opposed to if i would have grown up i don't know like in idaho or iowa or something <laughs> yeah 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 interesting and your your but your parents are, are are you are you first generation like where are your parents from or how did you um, guys end up in Long Beach yeah yeah I'm first generation I was actually almost born in Mexico my mom was six months pregnant when she crossed over oh, wow um, and we we started off in a, I was born in Watts and we started off in the, that area and it's it's pretty well documented but I'll just go over it real quick but 
we, yeah, we, we lost our house in the LA riots in Compton. So that oh, kind of uh, yeah. prompted us to move to Long Beach. But uh, also, like I always like to say that, hey, all of that was, you know, it was it was mayhem and like I'm I'm actually glad it exposed finally exposed police brutality you know like yeah uh, we just happened to live behind like a, a commercial space um you know I I'm not you know gonna say anything like oh my god like the writing because it no like you know writing is like yeah it's, it's the voice of the people when they feel like frustrated you know um and anyways like that was like a big moment in la history and u.s history yeah. i think but yeah so that happened and then so we just happened to land in long beach because the 710 freeway was like the main vein where my dad needed to transport it and i always say like wow i don't what would have happened if i never would have ended up in long beach like i don't know if my life would have been as musical as it as it mm. turned out to be yeah yeah yeah, that's a crazy story. Yeah, I I didn't I hadn't run into that story. That that's pretty wild. You so you were like what like just a couple years old. You were like a toddler or something, right? Uh, I, I was like four. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I do remember like the the flames on the buildings and you know like the the look of panic. Um, not just my parents' face, but and everyone around and the yeah. running around and all that kind of stuff. You know. That's fucking definitely, wild. Like, definitely yeah. it sense that things were not okay, you know, like something was going yeah. on. And it was on the TV and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then here we are, you know, it's like 20 years, you know, 25 years later or whatever, you know, almost. And like, and we have this, we had the same kind of things going on this past summer, you know, did, did that bring back any sort of memories for you? Or how did that hit you? I mean, having lived through it, like as a child and, watching it go down now i just the powers and the people of actually having the, the, the capability of filming things and that has changed a lot of things and unfortunately not changed a lot of things either but people have to keep filming um injustices and as um i don't know like i try not to make it and you know i try not to really think about it like that but more or less just like the frustration of like wow like there's not much progress that has been made um and just i mean i i almost want to say like that's a whole nother podcast but if something was yeah. like never meant to help you if a system was never built to help you in the first place then what's how are you going to fix or reform that if it was never meant to be fixed or reformed it was always meant to it's like uh, it was meant to oppress right and so yeah, yeah you can't you can't you can't fix a system that was purposely meant to harm others yeah you have to bring it down in some ways yeah that's so a good that's yeah. that was like my I, uh, something I, I felt like that was very obvious to me after all of this and yeah 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 that's crazy man that's crazy and your parents where in mexico are your parents from um, they, uh, my mom's family, so originally from, on the mom, my, on my grandma's side, Nayarit, Zacatecas, and then her, mm. they all moved up to Mexicali, Baja California, and my dad's family, Guadalajara, they also moved up to Baja California, and then, um, on my grandpa's side, on my mom, his family came from Spain, and they migrated there i believe like in the 40s or something like that mm -hmm. and then that's where my grandpa met my grandma um yeah so they all kind of like were raised in mexicali um, but uh so i never really got to go down south too much as a kid and i got to spend a lot of time in baja um mm. but yeah now i'm proud to be like baja like that's our territory and um that's definitely a great state in mexico like as far as what it provides or it has to offer so yeah like, but yeah i remember a lot of summers and uh a lot of spending a lot of time down there so it was it was really cool like to just kind of 
be able to see that side of life, you know. And then you come back to Long Beach and like, it's just like, obviously the quality of life is different. And seeing that as a little kid is 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 good for you, I think, you know, to be aware yeah. of that. Yeah, it gives you perspective, yeah. I grew up in Texas, in, in North Texas, but my parents are from uh, Central Mexico, so from like Morelos and Guerrero. And um, we used to go twice a year. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. I'm basically 10 years older than you. And I was of the age where like, we would still drive. I mean, it's a long fucking drive. You know, it was like a 30 hour, 24 to like 20, 20, almost a 30 hour drive. We would go twice a year. And um, yeah, like two weeks in the summer and two weeks around Christmas and stuff. And so we would always have that experience. And, you know, I grew up knowing my cousins, but only for a few weeks a year. <laughs> um right. It was a little. Did you have family in the U.S. or was it just your immediate parents? Or no, we have some family in the U.S. Definitely, yeah. And okay. Mostly, um, you know, on my mom's side, and then they, a lot of them ended up in Vegas, and that's where we eventually ended up moving there when I was older. But I came back right away, and they all stayed. So mm. yes, part of my roots are Vegas too. Interesting. Um, but it's also it's kind of weird. I don't. But like, yeah, I. I've definitely like just like I would say I wouldn't say I'm like a black sheep of the family because I never really did anything to anyone but I just kind of like I feel very separated from like what my childhood was as far as like having two big families on either side like a lot of cousins a lot of tios everyone like a lot of birthday parties a lot of carnesadas all of that stuff to what it is now but yeah I still, I'm still very close with my brother and sister and mom. And um, mm -hmm. at the, I feel like at the core, that's the, you know, the important thing. And um, yeah, my sister's going to be expecting a baby soon. So like, I think like the family unit thing will be, you know, much more stronger in that sense. Yeah. And yeah. Man, uh, but yeah. Have your have your parents have your parents always been supportive of your like your musical interests? It sounds like you got into this pretty young, you know, as a teenager. So were oh, they yeah, always supportive they, of that? Or yeah. at first they were absolutely not fans, you know, like just because <laughs> of everything that comes with the idea of like, oh, you play music or you you play in bands like oh, like sex, drugs, and rock and roll and and all of the things that yeah. come with. And um, so I think my dad was worried about that stuff. And I guess rightfully so. Like I had a, I had a wild ass high school ride, man. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like if he, he only found out about like half, half the shit I was up to back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, one day I remember, well, me and my friends, like, we all decided when we were 13, all right, all right, you get a guitar, I'll get a guitar, you get drums, I'll get a bass. You know, like, we we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We just wanted to start a band. And then right. after a few months, I, I gathered up the courage to just be like, hey, guys, so just bring your gear to my garage. And, like, we were, we're not going to tell my mom. We're just going to put it in there and just <laughs> fuck it, fuck it, you know. And we did on like a, a Saturday and my, you know, my mom and dad were so pissed. Like they were like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You know, like, like, <laughs> and like, we just kind of wrote it out, like wrote yeah. out the, the anger and, and all that. And like, we came back, like we left the stuff in there and like, we just basically kept going back in there and we wouldn't take no for an answer until they just were like, as long as you stop by like, you know, 6 or 7 p.m. when it's nighttime. Yeah. And yeah, like, man, we just spent a bunch of time in there um, trying to, uh, you know, figure out what the hell we were doing and trying yeah. to learn songs that we liked. And I think that was definitely one of those starting points for sure. Uh, and, try, you know, like learning guitar tabs and just, you know, like just just being that I, I look back now, I'm like, damn. That, those were the that was the fucking fun days you know like we put a couch on the roof of the garage you know like <laughs> I, I, you know like all that it's just it was just cool to like but and then after a while to go back to your question you know it took them a while to come around but 
obviously like once high school passed and um i still was playing and i even once we moved to vegas and i moved back to long beach like that was i think the pivotal point because i think they wanted me to stay in vegas with them but i i was mm. like well if i don't move back now then it's like now or never for me like yeah. i, I want to see if i can do something with music and la is the mm -hmm. long beach is the place to be you know as more so than vegas you know yeah so yeah. so they that was the moment they were like well you know if that's what you want to do man like like they were you know i'm sure they were worried but like like go for it they were at that point they were pretty much like go for it you know but i know it was definitely hard to be like away from them and uh and vice versa but like i just i just went for it i remember i had like 500 bucks and a toyota camry and i drove from vegas back to long beach and i slept on my friend's floor for a few weeks and then i found a job and then eventually the rest was history i was like 19 but yeah. I wanted to stick around down there and like figure it out. And I mean, by now, like, you know, my mama, she definitely like, they definitely like it by my mid twenties, you know, like they, they were definitely realized that this is the shit that I wanted to do. Like, you know, like yeah. it wasn't just yeah, yeah. like some high school thing. And then unfortunately, you know, my dad passed in 2012, but mm. Not to get too sappy on your show, but it was weird, like how like the week before he passed, like or he got sick, like he he finally called me and he was like, you know what, man, I I watched one of those songs you made and uh, on YouTube. It's like, man, like that sounds good, like like he's like, I'm proud of you. But it was weird. It was almost like he like finally got that out before he left, you know. Mm -hmm. But I. And in a lot of ways, I do wish he could see, like, a lot of the stuff that has happened afterwards. Um, but, you know, it it is what it is. And, uh, you know, a lot of that's why, you know, when you meet someone, you never know, like, what they might have gone through in life. So, like, you know, people just need to just not be, you know. Like, why is that fool so quiet? Or, you know, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That he, that he thinks he's too cool or something like, or, you know, like, I don't know. You just never know what someone mm -hmm. could be dealing with or, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's amazing. That's amazing about your dad, though. That's pretty dope. That's great that you had that experience and that, you know, he was able to see that. And th did you, do you, did you, with your dad or parents, I'm guessing you speak in Spanish with them? You, oh yeah like our house was yeah, completely yeah. spanish speaking yeah. um like and i just thought of it as normal you know like i didn't yeah. really know english that well until i started watching like the pbs shows like mm. you know and i got into like popeye and all, <laughs> like, you know like sesame street and all that and like going into kindergarten but um i adapted pretty fast but I would consider Spanish like my first language in that sense because mm -hmm. that's what all we spoke. And to this yeah. day, like, it's funny how me and my brother and sister could like be outside, like, you know, now that we're older, like, uh, speaking English to each other, we generally like naturally tend to. And then mm -hmm. as soon as we walk mm -hmm. into my mom's house, it's all Spanish. Like, it's just like yeah. a, we. Not I'm exactly yeah. the same way. I'm exactly the same way with my siblings. Like we'd be having conversations inside the house, even, you know, with each other in English and they just flip to Spanish back and forth. And it's always weird, but it just is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very proud of being first generation and like, like to anyone in Mexico still considered like a pocho or whatever, but I try to like <laughs> manage my, my Spanish as, as best as I can and not try to, flop over words and you know one cool thing about um you know i just i moved to chicago like eight months ago now and you'd mm -hmm. be surprised like and especially in the neighborhood i live in like how many people speak spanish here you know and it's not yeah. just mexicans but puerto ricans and mm -hmm. i have a bunch of peruvian friends and my buddy from ecuador and it's it's like there's like two types of hispanics here like the ones mm -hmm. that are like, have grown up here and like are just basically chicagoans i guess but for yeah, yeah. Don't, anyone watching this don't you know 
it's just my <laughs> observation and my opinion. But uh, and then, but it's uh, the other coin of that is like people who like moved here, and are mm -hmm. still like young, fun, exciting people that you would look at. But like, if they're hanging out with their friends at a bar, they're they're kicking it, talking in Spanish, because that's that's how they 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 roll. You know, like it's their. Mm -hmm. And it's so refreshing and cool to see because even in LA, like there's tons of Latinos and Hispanics, but you, I mean, mo I don't know, most of my friends at the bar and shit, like most of them are speaking English. So, um, yeah, yeah, I can I'm see that. Up yeah. on, my on my Spanish a lot over here, actually, and it's really cool. That's good. Why did you move to Chicago? <laughs> Uh man, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, you know, it's probably a long story. I don't know, but you know, you, yeah. you obviously have like deep roots in Long Beach, and you have such an attachment to it. Clearly, just from what I've heard in the last 20 minutes here. So, what 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 prompted the move to Chicago? Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's always gonna be home. You know, it's no, it's no one's gonna ever can ever take that away from you. Like, well, you're not from there. Like, what what are you talking about? Look at the school records. You know, like. <laughs> my elementary, yeah. elementary school records and junior high records like what what are you talking about um yeah but no i mean having like i felt like i already like wrote all the chapters in that book you know like and i mm -hmm. like growing up there working jobs there playing in bands there having failed romances there like oh oh everything all of the above you know like friendships gone awry like I, like it just like you i felt like i reached like a limit you know like my mom used to tell mm -hmm. me like ya me tienes hasta aquí, you know and it's like not it's not <laughs> it's not that the place isn't special or mm -hmm. it's not cool like it's just like the my own personal thirst for other like I needed like an injection of a new surroundings and everything and new architecture and and new people and just f feeling like I was alive again. I would just get bored of walking down that's the same streets all over and over again. Like mm -hmm. I, like I would feel like life was passing passing me by in that sense, you know. Even mm -hmm. though I didn't get yeah. to have fun yeah. on, with music and touring and all that, but I guess the pandemic really brought that into focus for me like yeah okay okay man you're 31 now like uh like are you gonna just stick around here like what do you you know so i'm like yeah hey man like like life just moves on like 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 get out there and so i i just my fr i have some friends over here and i mean damn like now i could say like oh like there's definitely some pros and cons to have moved been moved over here but yeah um it's all like you know it's all something that i can that i now have in under my belt as experience and with anything else like no one could ever take that away from you and i don't know one's telling me i have to stick around here too long either but yeah. it's been fun and the man the mexican food here is outrageously good <laughs> um, like people will, i swear people don't know man like they get they get slept on. Um, LA folks need to watch out. Like the Mexican food here, just, you guys gotta come try this shit. Like it's amazing. <laughs> um, is there is in, in, in Chicago? Is there like a a part of Mexico that a lot of Chicago people are from? Because like I'm up here and I'm in the Bay Area, right? And there's like a lot of people from Michoacan in the Bay Area for some reason. It's just like a kind of like a, a sister community, if you will. But is there like in Chicago, is there a lot of people from yeah. a certain place in Mexico or? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people from Michoacan here too. And like Querétaro and Guerrero, um, Mexico City. So yeah, I think Michoacan represents a lot of them. Zacatecas mm. too. Um, Interesting. That's, that's a lot of the ones that I've met. Yeah, not too much North Norteños though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the music i mean this is a fucking weird year obviously like you said with covid and it seems like from what i can tell like your shit was really starting to accelerate in 2018 and 2019 you were playing like a shitload of shows in 2019 right and you were working on an album that was you know presumably about to drop in 2020 and then obviously covid hit like 
Um, is, is that generally kind of how, how you viewed stuff? Is it, like you, you dropped an album this past year, but it was, was that kind of sitting on the, you know, on a, on a ready to go even before COVID or what was, what was happening there with that album? Yeah, that was going to come out regardless. Um, okay. And, and um, it was actually going to come out in March of 2020. Yeah. And okay. for, I, I give that, that's, you know, that smile because we all know what happened. And so as a label and as, and, you know, me, we all like, we're like, well, we don't, just like everyone else, we didn't know exactly what the heck was going on then. Yeah. So as as the, as the months rolled by, we we figured okay, like like man, like the album had already been delayed like six months, even prior to COVID. So I was like, you know what, guys, like it's just now or never. And I'm like, it's called Tendery Puck. Like maybe it was just meant to be this way, you know? Yeah. So yeah. So we decided to, to just we were you know we were a little skeptical or just like worried, but. Um, we still decided to release it in September, as, so it was a little delay for March. But I kind of feel like people being stuck inside and everything, and not a lot of releases coming out, or not a lot of labels taking gambles like that, pressing that much vinyl around that time, or this and that, like, kind of like gave me like a lot of more breathing room in that sense, or like mm -hmm. space to, where like people were like stuck at home trying to listen to music and stuff like that or yeah you know or like i i think like i saw so many people reposting stories of like when the vinyl came to their house like um and then reposting it on their stories but like literally like there was not much to be up to and during the pandemic so like <laughs> yeah even for me right now like we're kind of getting out of it and i'm still waiting for like three vinyls right now that i'm excited to pick up but like so um i guess just like yeah like that there was literally not much going on so a, a record coming and not just that but like a new record coming to your house like that that shit was like that was the highlight of some people's weeks sometimes because that yeah. was, there was not much going on so i kind of like was like well you know i kind of got in a lot of touring before so that i was like those are my tour hibernation berries you know, <laughs> that I picked because we like pushed the shit out of a seven inch record. Like we, I think I want to see like, like who holds the world's Guinness records for like tour support tours following a seven inch, you know, like A and B side. Cause <laughs> was this for the mirror that you're talking about? Yeah. Or? yeah Cause okay. we, we squeezed the shit out of the juice of that one, like somehow. <laughs> and like, we were prepared to do the exact, same with tendery puck you know but everything went down so yeah. you know i always say like i'm one of a million musicians that will tell you the same story but you know had tours canceled had rough trade-in store in new york canceled like you, you you know all of those things like the shows in la and orange county with bobby rosa sold out canceled like everyone has their sob story you know yeah but, um, yeah i guess at this point uh, i just like I, 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 there's so many things, you know, going on in the world, but I, I, if we're talking about music, like I stayed inspired, like I was working at record stores here and, and in Long Beach, shout out to 12's records, Long Beach, um, you know, like so, somehow I dove, maybe that was, that was like my escape from everything, you know, like yeah. going to a protest and like going, you know, like all the shit you see, like on Twitter and everything like and then like going to work at the record store was like my escape and like mm -hmm. I still maintain like inspired and recorded some new material that's about to come out soon and like another 45 that is going to come out before the next record so I guess now I'm like well I, I I just feel happy that I stayed inspired and became more inspired and dug deeper into becoming a record nerd and yeah. And like coming up with new ideas and finally felt situated in Chicago. And then like in January, I felt like I wrote like 10, 15 new songs, but like, Dope. that's kind of how it goes. Like yeah. they come, it comes in waves sometimes.
but it feels nice to write a song in a different place you know mm -hmm. like literally mm -hmm. like logistically like in a different place but then also that brings you into a different place mentally so i i don't know i i i love just feeling like serendipitous about life and it in, that influences my songwriting and it's all kind of a a free-flowing thing where it's not exactly a formula that i follow every time but i'm a little nervous because now i got to present all this new material for the next mm -hmm. record and mm -hmm. next month or so i'm going to be going down to austin texas uh to record it with adrian from black pumas and he's going to oh, produce tight. it so tight. I, you know i feel like this is you know i keep making the same metaphors but like that this is the big one as far as like my i feel like it's like my considering going back to like what we were talking about earlier just paying house shows and fucking around in high school and then really starting to take it seriously and like whatever that means you know but i just mm -hmm. want to make good albums you know like the albums mm -hmm. that i that you hear from the 60s and 70s that were like changed people's lives and shit i don't know like um and even some that have come out in the last 20 years for sure you know um, yeah. but it's just a matter of like i still have this romanticized idea of rock and roll that's like you know this record that comes out on vinyl and people will dig into the songs and you know like feel some shit i don't know <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's an interesting thing. Like the 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 genre of music that that or kind of the genre that you get put into as an industry. I'll put it that way. Um, there there are a lot of people who are into the the vinyl side of it. I mean, that's a big part of it, right? Like the physical. There's a ton of collectors. There's a lot of events around this stuff. Um, and you said you you've been working in record stores for a long time, right? Um, I wouldn't say yeah. a long time, um, because. I don't, you know, I don't yeah, want to sure. lie, but it's sure, been about sure. a couple, but I would say it's been like a year and a half or a year and a half or so. Okay. So like, but it, it just kind of took me into that next phase of being a record nerd, you know? Mm -hmm. And then like, I mean, the way I even found out about Coleman was because I liked their 45s and I was like barely getting into like spinning out at bars and dive bars and stuff with my friends. And my friends like check out this label they already they always have these funky instrumentals and like yeah. and like that's kind of my jam when i like to dj like soul and r&b and funk stuff so mm -hmm. i always knew i'm like i don't want to spend that much money but if i if i grab a coma 45 today that's a new shit that i could spend the next time i spin and that's kind of how i found out about coma and so and then you know like how duran jones and them like mm -hmm. I noticed how like they were so like welcomed in by the record culture and like and like the oldies culture in the LA and like like it just so I'm like I'm a record nerd and now these like bands are popping up where like these pockets of record collectors like like get behind this release and then it mm -hmm. makes everyone else want that release because they got mm -hmm. that release and then it creates this like like competition like oh, i want to get it before the other you know so, <laughs> before yeah. the other so 45 crew because i know so uh i know like 45 crews in sacramento and and um and in like uh the like the santa barbara area and like you know like the san francisco area like there's like all like the, so i was like it just was like wow like like being w immersed in it's while you're putting out your own music simultaneously you know mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. like that, I, that's not the only way like that i see it because um but it's just a matter of like it's it's cool to like kind of have those those worlds bridge like like yeah like i collect records too but hey check out my 45 like it's just cool to like come yeah. at people, come at people like that too but like i think it shows like when people see my stories and stuff like and they know that i just nerd out on 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 records most of the time so like i think they're like man like this is just a nerd like me like but he's just putting yeah. out music too you know so, yeah yeah that's dope yeah there's a certain element that seems really cool because it makes the music it, it makes 
it adds a level of scarcity to the situation too, because we're so used to like, obviously like Spotify, like you can listen to a song an infinite number of times, anybody can do it, but to have the physical record, you're only going to press so many, right? Initially. And I, you're like, oh, I got to get it. So it makes it collectible and it makes it like, there's a level of excitement to it. I think that it's also kind of a level of like, hey, let's get, let's get together and listen to this together. That kind of is different than just saying like, hey, come over or like you send somebody a fucking link or whatever. It's like, I've got the, you know, the 45 or whatever. I got some beer, I'm coming over. Which I think is, it makes it more of a gathering thing. Yeah. And even with mainstream records too, because like, I want to be the dude 10 years from now that my friends are at a barbecue and I'm like, I bust out the Igor Tyler record or the SZA record. You know, I'm like, <laughs> like, who do you know on the block that has this shit? Because I was, you know, keen to buy it when it came out. And now it's probably hard to fucking find, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Because even those <laughs> records will become hard to find or, yeah. or, or yeah. something like that, you know. But no, I do yeah. dig into like the re, like now I'm be getting really nerdy where I don't like even trying to buy reissues and stuff like <laughs> you think so originals many. only. <laughs> I try trying though like you know as much as I can unless it's like contemporary bands that are putting out dope shit where I'm yeah. like well yeah I'm gonna buy that and it's only like a thousand copies pressed or something you know yeah, yeah there yeah. is a lot of new dope shit coming out that you know or like the one I don't know man you, that's a whole another podcast too just talking yeah. about <laughs> just talking about records but as you could see yeah. like like and I love collecting 45s and all that stuff so I think, you know, when you're just constantly listening to all these songs, like it's just the wheels just keep turning like, oh, I want maybe my, you know, like I'm going to make a song that has the vibe like that or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. What do you what do you think the uh, you, you said you're going to be working with, um, you know, a producer from um, um, Black Pumas, right? Um, he's also the guitarist it, of black Pumas. right 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 yeah yeah, yeah. i know what you're talking was, about yeah yeah it's basically yeah. like him and eric like they basically started the group yeah and yeah they have the backup crew but they're nice. all awesome people too though so yeah i know i've seen that guy like i've i've seen the the kexp episode with with them and and you know he talks about the formation of the group and whatnot um so you're working with a new producer, you're in a new place. Like, how do you think this record is going to, like, do you have any idea like where it's going to move sonically yet? Or, you know, you have the songs written. It sounds like you have some stuff written, but obviously the music needs to form around it. Like, wh- where's your head at with that? Like, how are you vibing on that? Like, um, I'm every day, man, every day I'm trying to cook something up in my head where like, even right now I'm like trying to come up actively with like the album name. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would like to go to Austin already with like, like a, a, an album name in my head, or, uh, or something like that's one of the most exciting parts I think too, but yeah. um, cause like to, like I said I like, I want this to be like, I don't know like my Sergeant Peppers or some shit like that like I, I'm <laughs> I'm really I'm really serious like, about like, how, what level. I want to be out like as far as like I what what I think I can squeeze out out of these songs and with the people around me that are talented to like help me do that you know um Mm -hmm. it's like hey man you wanted this like here's this beautiful studio with a great producer and all your friends that know your songs like it's up to you to fuck this up like yeah like like, you know yeah so I'm like, well, I got to stay like focused and like really go in there and not be patient and also try to like just as long as I communicate to Adrian the best I can, like what I'm trying to get out of out of my head. Um, and, I, you know, I think um, we'll see how it goes, but I, I'm excited to like and I think there's going to be some uh, like Americana shit for sure. Like, but then also some songs in Spanish. So, but I just think it's going to be like a far, far, like far more mature sound than Tender Epoch. That's for sure. That's dope, man. 
That's dope. I'm super excited. You know, I, I have obviously no idea this was in the works when I set this interview up with you, but I'm so glad we got to talk beforehand because it's cool to hear like your headspace right now. It's you're fucking about to go to war, you know? That's what I, it sounds I, like to me. <laughs> that's how I, exactly, man. That's how I feel. Um, um, it's not, it's now or never. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know if this, if this record doesn't pop, then the the haters have all the right to talk shit, you know, like, <laughs> like, like I, I want this shit to, to go off, you know? Like, yeah. 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 I think, um, I think you should not, you know, I think it's a weird space though. Cause I feel like I'm a little bit older. I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I've done a lot of projects, like my own, like creative projects. And I, I've been through a few things where like I've put myself in that headspace. Like I'm in war mode. I got to go do this. And then I've done stuff where I don't even think about it and I just go do it. And sometimes it works either direction. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's, I've been like, now I just try not to think about it a whole lot other than to just be like, you know, I'm doing what I love and I'm just going to, try to really enjoy the process you know well, well um, shit man i'm glad to be talking to you because i feel like I, I needed to hear that like like that's like that's a good i'll, I'll remember that because that's also true you know like don't overthink it i think is very it's it's not a good thing either you know and i don't think i feel like i don't want to overthink it i just want to stay on my case as far as like okay it's 8 p.m and you guys already recorded for nine hours or eight hours, but yeah, you still got those two and a half hours in you to lay down like this reversed vocal track interlude that's gonna totally change the vibe of this song at the end into the next song, like and stay until midnight, like like before you get too sleepy. I don't know, you know, like are you willing yeah, yeah. AM to finish that organ part? Like those are the moments where I where I feel like it's what I, I kind of in my head I'm like you can't be lazy or or anything like that like you better yeah yeah get in there and drink some of those guayakis <laughs> yeah uh, no I think I think you have the right approach it's just that like I think and, and don't listen to me I'm not a fucking expert I've never recorded an album but I just say like I think like it's more like you have to like what you're doing like, you have to be ready for it but then once you're there like fuck it you know, like do everything you can to prepare for it and just be ready for war. But then once you're there, just enjoy the moment, you know, like this is the doing is really the part that you sh- that you're already doing it. And that's what you should really fucking enjoy. Like, it's not the success that might come of it. Sure, you want people to love it. But I, that's what I, like when people tell me like, oh, you're a filmmaker. Like, what are you doing? What, you know, are you really a filmmaker? Like, are you getting paid for it? I'm like, well, I just picked up a camera and I shot something this weekend. So fuck you. I'm a filmmaker. I'm already doing it. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm getting paid for it. Like I'm having a good time. So, yeah. And you know, I, I don't think anyone could, yeah. Like, I don't think I, I really I appreciate what you're saying. I, I don't think anyone could take that away from me. Like, Oh, you're not doing it. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Like I've been doing this my whole life basically. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but no, I think, um, I just, I'm just my own worst critic, you know, like, I'm, that's good I'm, yeah yeah i'm just yeah. trying to like uh i i think um sometimes you know even just like the last song on my album on tendery fog abrasive like i was touching on the sarcastically like people kind of seeing that side of me when which i was younger was more mm-hmm. so prevalent not so yeah. much anymore uh but yeah like i think sometimes my my enthusiasm might come off a certain way but like like I already kind of like I'm seeing like the song like one two three four five like this is like it's just an exciting time but anyway um you know I feel like if I were to talk to Johnny Bell at Jazz Cat Studios who did Tendery Puck um he would probably tell me something similar that you're telling me man like I could already hear him like it's all good man just go in there and do your thing you know like um yeah like when we were gonna play this festival uh and this it was we were playing on the main stage and it was around 2 p.m but later on that night like the specials were gonna play and de la soul was gonna play and like you know some heavy hitter ass bands you know yeah yeah and i was just like all worked up and i i was like johnny like what do you think man it's like 
well, don't you play shows and stuff? Like, just go play. He's like, don't, like, just go do it. Like, don't, don't, like, don't try to change too much. Like, you're here because you're, of what you do. So, but no, like, there's always about, like, there's always, like, that post-game, like, mentality for me. Like, oh, like, what can I do better and this and that? Yeah, and, you know, yeah. I talked to, like, Aaron Frazier about it from Duran Jones. And, like, like I feel happy that he feels similarly about in terms of, like, oh, that I'll never forget what he said. Like, you know, bands could get, like, 99% tight. But those percentiles in between 99% and 100%, the one, two, three, those like exponentially are harder to reach. Mm -hmm. But but like, but like wanting to like get it that much tighter every time and present a show to people that is going to make people walk away like, holy shit, what the fuck did I just see? Like, well, even wanting to even take it there, like, that's why I'm glad to be around people like that. That I'm like, all right, cool. Like, like I, you know, it's not like it's a comp- competition, but still, like, um, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I get it. I totally get it. And I, 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 I that's very fucking admirable. And and that is what separates, like, you know, special fucking talent in whatever space from you know people who are pretty good. Cause there's a lot of pretty good people. Like you, like, like Frazier said, right? Like there's like every, a lot of people who are on that 95%, it's that last one or 2% that really separates people. And that really is like, you know, it's, it's like anything like, uh, I don't know, this is like goes to sports too. Like when you're, it's that last split second that separates the gold medal from, you know, the bronze and the silver or whatever. And, and that's what you train for. And so that, that's dope, man. I'm super excited, but I mean, I was just thinking, like, you were talking like about the live show, the live show mentality, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, when it comes to the album, I just want to make, like, when you go to an art museum and you see this painting, you know, it's it's more like a piece of art to me, the album. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the live show is like a breakdance competition. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, oh, shit, like, the band, they just got down, like, holy shit. And now I'm next, like, oh, fuck, I got to get down, too but yeah it's not like it's it's like you're just hyping each other up to just get down you know it's not like yeah but but yeah yeah, my old mentor rest in peace ike owens he always used to say like yeah i'll have a beer with you if you're in the other band we'll all kick it but once i get on stage no friends like we're trying to destroy you yeah (laughs) he said like that's how mars volta used to say like we're here to cut heads off every show like we just were here for everyone's heads and like yeah that like he told me that when I was like 20 21 so I, uh, I was just like cut everyone's heads you know like, I was just, like <laughs> that was like my mentality for every show yeah as, as much as I could and then getting older and then talking to like my friend Eddie Arenas and like being like hey man you got to open your eyes when you look and sing to people and like like just there's always like some constructive criticism to take mm. but i don't know like like sharp sharpening up yeah 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 well man i i i'm fucking super excited now about what you're about to be working on i'm super excited for 2021 to open up again and hopefully you getting on the road and seeing some live performances um i yeah. i'm ex- well, yeah i'm nice nice yeah. I'm excited that you will be cutting some fucking heads off in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's either that or making their toes and, and hips groove and dance their heads off. And hell yeah. All their heads off. Yeah. Yeah. But hell yeah. Hell yeah. tour this November, December um, through the Midwest and we'll see what else happens. But yeah, man, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Where can people follow your stuff? Is it just like where's your most of your social stuff? Is it Instagram or where should people follow you? Yeah. I, I personally think I'm too old for TikTok, so I don't have a Facebook. <laughs> on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook anymore, but I think there's like a Facebook page. But you know, iTunes and Spotify and all that, you could Google me if you want. Yeah. But I'm I'm mostly active on Instagram. But yeah, like 
more music's coming this way. So, you know, follow on Apple Music or wherever the heck, or on Twitter. Uh, I, I don't really say anything on Twitter, but follow me, I guess. Or don't follow me. <laughs> I, I think Jose. it's San Jose always yeah. shows love. One of my yeah. favorite Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, Rudy. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for your time. I, I'm. I, this is ended up being a dope conversation. I really, you know, I never know where these conversations go, but I, I'm super excited to hear about your process, about your background. And yeah, uh, man. I the last one was so much more goofy and funny, but this one turned out to be a little more serious and like, like, but like, hey, that's how we. That's how where the conversation went. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, uh, hopefully it wasn't too uh too serious for people but but yeah it is what it is no man it's good it's good all right Rudy. thanks a lot thanks for your time good luck in 2021 and thank you you so much man hopefully we'll hang out again when uh, next time we're on the west coast and yep catch you next time one of that for sure thank you very much everyone thank you for listening to this monitor podcast number 125 with Rudy and please remember to follow him on instagram